Okay. Okay, right. right. Three, two. Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast, the podcast of bones because it is the bone anniversary of the Winging It F1 podcast. It is our 100th episode, which I had to Google that to find out which anniversary 100th is. It's not diamond because that would be too cool. Bone instead. So we've been doing this for 100 episodes, a lot of races, a year and a half worth of races, nearly two seasons worth of races, and we are still here about to talk to you about a dull Mexico Grand Prix and a men- maybe exciting Brazilian Grand Prix. We will have to find out. I'm here, as usual, with Nigel Shu and Freddie Coates. How are you both? Well, that wasn't as exciting as I thought to us, but I'm really good anyway because we've done 100 episodes and that means we've done yeah. 100 hours. Oh, yeah, we're not. We've had 100 hours of us talking about F1, which I think is kind of mad. It's pretty, like, 100 hours. That's like... That's about three days, isn't it? No, four days. Four days? Four days. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Is that it? (laughs) That was brilliant. I'm doing all right. Um, I'm just... (laughs) Honestly. uh, Nigel's just like one of those really whimsical comedians, but the thing with Nigel, he doesn't put it on. Um... But yeah, yeah, we've probably already done a hundred hours. We, one of our episodes is an hour; it's nearly two hours long. So um, there's that. But yeah, when you were going on about bones, Adam, I thought you meant it was like was it a bones day or a no bones day? I didn't know whether you guys had that level of TikTok knowledge for that. But, I was um, really confused. I have no idea what you're going on about to be honest. Diamond is sixty, isn't it? So we had our diamonds anniversary ages ago. Um, yeah. And oh. it was Jubilee. Is this a Jubilee, not an episode? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's probably. I don't know. Well, we, we, we can make. How do you? Off, how like do you... We did when when it was twenty twelve and the Queen had a time in Jubilee. We got a day off, but we don't this time. So, how do we make this a Jubilee? What's what what constitutes You're a Jubilee? A, you say it's a Jubilee. Oh, we're having we a Jubilee. Yeah, we're having. Yeah, we can get Jubilee. Um, it's also the link to Mexico is it was Day of the Dead last week. So, you know, there's a link there and they have bones. They all dress up as bones oh, on their yeah. faces and walk around nice. like in James Bond. And that's or, quite I, or I assume in real life as well. I don't think they just do it in James Bond, but I, I wouldn't know. And that's quite a celebration, a Jubilee, you could say. Yes. No. Anyway, honestly, we've done a hundred podcast episodes. This is the hundredth, and never has the word jubilee been said before ever um, on this podcast until now, and it's been said at least five times. Let's see how many times you can say it. I'm sure there's lots of words that haven't been said. What words do you think haven't been said, Nigel? Go on, give us give us a, a, a world exclusive of a word. Dinosaur. Oh, surely yeah. you said dinosaur. I don't think I don't think we have. Really? Wow. Okay. Octagonal. Yeah, that's fair enough. Octagonal probably hasn't uh, been said. What else? Um, Williams. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo doesn't get said enough. Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy at Rikers uh, doesn't get said enough on this podcast. 1993. Um, what do you want to know about 1993? Uh, nothing. I was just saying that we haven't said it yet, and now we have. <laughs> 
on this podcast. We should we should definitely do a throwback episode to the entire 1993 F1 season. Damon oh, Hill wow. getting his first F1 win. The Michael Andretti driving alongside Senna. Mika Hackening joining McLaren. Wow. Ford powering McLaren to five wins. Senna's last ever F1 win. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about oh. the Mexican Grand Prix. We've got to oh, no. sledgehammer the optimism to. and joy of our 100th episode. We could have and, we could I mean, to be fair, we don't have to. We can just carry on going off on parallels if you want. Tangents, I mean. Parallels, different. Tangents? Yeah. No, that, uh, I guess that would be like talking about the 1993 Mexican Grand Prix, if there was one, which... I don't think there I was. I think the 1992 yeah. Mexican Grand Prix was the last one. And yeah. it was um, Michael Schumacher's first podium, was it? I want to say. Um, well, that is knowledge, that. I want to say. I'm going to look that up just to double check that. Um, yeah, that sounds like good. Yeah, 1992. Nigel Manson won. Gerhard Berger got the fastest lap. Patrese got second. Schumacher got third. Yeah, there we go. That's a fun fact for you guys. It was a. The track back then, it kind of looked like Monza, but with more squiggle. It looked like Monza, plus, mm. you know, the Bahrain Endurance track. Just like you add that little bit from the Bahrain Endurance track onto the top of Monza. Well, the thing is, the, the S's back then were fearsomely quick. And then you had the Peral Tarda was kind of like a an, like an oval corner, but yeah. flat, in the way that Parabolic was inspired by originally. At Monza, um, or whatever it's called now, the... Um, Parabolica Alboreto. Um, yeah. After Michele Alboreto. God, we've had so many references to the past. Anyway, um, but yeah, the Peril Townsend, they, they, they use the full Peril Townsend in the Formula E track now. That's yes. quite a modern sport, isn't it? That's right. I'm not too. Um, yeah. there's, there's three of us. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm not presenting, am I? Sorry. I was, I was about to like. <laughs> Away, I'll tell you what, you don't get this kind of chemistry only doing 98 episodes. Like, it's just that, you know, you've got to do, yeah. got to hit the century to get that just kind of yeah. intu- intuition, telepathy between hosts. And Sky F1 others. didn't have this kind of professionalism until they got to at least the 2017 season, having got the wow. rise in 2012. Someone's not getting a job with Sky F1. <laughs> oh, please, nice. please take me on, Sky. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet the head of HR listens to this podcast. Yeah, the head of I HR. I bet they do. So, never know. Well, that if you do. Yeah, if you do, then well, me or Nigel will be on the screen people. now. <laughs> and Freddie can do that because he edits it. We, me and Nigel, he could, he could, I can say, oh, my email's on the screen too, and he can just put his email on instead. And then, and, you know. No, I, I wouldn't do that because... I want you to get your hate mail. I don't want it for me. There's so much. I, I Nigel, send, like... Nigel sends you so much hate mail, Adam. And I just don't <laughs> want to get... I get enough from Nigel myself, so... I trust Freddie a lot. It's like, say if I gave Freddie my phone, for example, he definitely wouldn't go on Twitter and like, send a selfie to like, the whole world, would he? He definitely wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put a picture of you um, next to Felipe Massa and say hashtag F1 for the selfie. Yeah, definitely didn't have to do delete that. anything on, on the 8th of November at about two o'clock. <laughs> so if you've got, um, oh, what's like an internet um, archive uh, website thing that definitely took a screenshot uh, around machine. that time. A Wayback Machine, yes. If you've got that, then you can go to 
the outwing in an F1 account at about, oh, would it have been about 10 past one? One, yeah. On the 8th of November, <laughs> yeah. AM or PM? Uh, PM. PM, yeah. Okay. I wasn't with Freddie at 10 past one last night. Never been with Freddie at 10 past one at night, I don't think. Have you not? I have. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I, I know you have. Any of time. I've heard. <laughs> yeah, literally heard. Yeah. Uh, so it's not been it's not been any of this year because I've been away, so it's got to be. No, no, no. I think it was in about May. I definitely heard some noises. We didn't live together. No. You lived in a different part of the city. Well, anyway, um, you're talking about the that. time where I fell on the floor. Oh no. yeah. About that. Was that with me or with Nigel? Oh, that was definitely you. me. <laughs> oh, no, no, I do remember that. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, I ran around a fountain and just slipped and landed and fell on the floor. Yeah, I've probably got that video somewhere. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Um, Mexico. Talk about yeah, let's talk about some F1. We've, 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 yeah, we've ignored it enough. Yeah, we've <laughs> ignored it enough. Talked about 1993, but 2021. Oh, 1993. What's an F1 Unlike 1993, 2021 did have a Mexican Grand Prix and it didn't, it went went according to expectations for some parts of it and not others. Qualifying was a big upset where both Bottas took pole, first of all, both Mercedes locked out the front row, first lockout of the season for them, which was not expected at all. Hamilton was nearly a quarter of a second ahead of Verstappen, Bottas was another tenth and a half ahead of Hamilton. So it was a really, it was quite an upset from that angle. But come the race, Verstappen took the lead at turn one and never relinquished it or never relinquished the net lead because Red Bull just seemed to have the pace advantage in the race. So where, Nigel, where do you think that that change in who had the fastest car came from, from Saturday to Sunday? Uh, I think the temperatures increasing in Q2 and Q3, I think that favoured Mercedes. And I think because, as we mentioned so many times, the tyres are so fickle, the narrow operating window of the Pirelli rubber, but that just went away from Red Bull. And it was just that probably 20, 30-minute period, because they even came back to Verstappen in the second Q3, well, that 20-minute period or so, uh, it just gave Mercedes that slight advantage or or it put Red Bull off, perhaps. Uh, so, apart from that, I think Red Bull clearly had the best car all weekend. Uh, but, yeah, Mercedes did have, did have, did have a chance to, uh, I guess, cause an upset with the qualifying positions, but obviously, in the first 10 seconds of the race, that all went away. Freddie, yeah, well, Freddie, unmute yourself. I've sorted it, though. So it was all a bit kind of like um, foregone conclusion, all three practice. And Mercedes, it's not like it was just solid lack of pace. Mercedes looked really unsteady, at least in the hands of Hamilton, through practice. And they were making so many changes to the cars going into qualifying anyway. So it was a surprise to see them on the front row, but... I, I think it was the most exciting outcome of qualifying was to have a Mercedes yeah. front row lockout, which is yeah. weird, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was very surprising, but going off the back of that, then 
first corner of the race, Bottas got spun round by Daniel Ricciardo and obviously Verstappen took the lead and was able to break away from Hamilton pretty instantaneously after the safety car. So do you think there was any way that they could have changed, Mercedes could have changed the outcome of the race? Like, give, you know, do you think if they'd held the lead after the first corner, then they would have had a bet, well, would have won or... It's impossible to say, but you've got to at least make a fight of it. And that's my problem. If if you get these chances, which Mercedes had, front row lockout, you've got to at least put yourself in a position after the first lap to try and take the fight to Red Bull, even if you have a slower car. And what Bottas did, I mean, Total Wolf said it himself, he opened up the door for Verstappen. And I did not understand why he did that. Surely they talked about it before the race, about how to box Verstappen in. The Ferraris did it to Hamilton a couple of years ago perfectly. And Mercedes were in a position to do that uh, after the start, because they all got relatively even the start. Hamilton probably got the best start, arguably. So I don't know why Bottas moved away from the racing line, knowing that Verstappen is behind. It's like he tried to think about covering off Hamilton more than Verstappen, which is just bizarre. But surely Total Wolf would have banged into his head. Do not let Verstappen by. But even, even then, he, they were still side by side. Verstappen wasn't ahead. In fact, Bottas was a tiny bit ahead, I still think. So Bottas should have just thought, right, this is the, my, this is the championship leader, Hamilton's main rival. I'm just going to break when he breaks. Like, forget about the breaking zone. It doesn't matter if you go across the grass as well. Just don't just, just outbreak him, do something. But instead, he breaks pretty early. Tries to cut back on Hamilton, but Staffan's already gone, and it's game over from there. If Mercedes had a one-two after lap one, I think, given how tough overtaking was, and it was really difficult, yeah, I think, say Hamilton first, Bottas second, Verstappen third, I think Hamilton does have a chance of winning the race, personally, because I think Verstappen would have had to have pit early to undercut Bottas, etc., and stuff like that. So I think they threw away an opportunity, and I think it's all down to Bottas. He's made two massive racecraft errors. We haven't even gone to his comeback. I mean, it was just, it was just. What do you mean he got fastest lap? <laughs> oh, don't. It took took ten laps to do that. I mean, he had to come in. Pit, yeah, I know Verstappen was messing around. Yeah. And, but which still, is man. which is very good. <laughs> I'm, I was happy with Verstappen for that. Um, I, I think playing a bit of devil's advocate on that. Do you think that's race's instinct to block off Hamilton at the start, like the, the original getaway? Do you think that's race's instinct to see, oh, yeah. sugar, the car that's behind me has got a slightly better start, and just to cut that off? Because do you no. think Bottas is no. fighting for the win? Or do you think no. he's fighting for the if team? If that's Hamilton, Hamilton stays on the left, knowing Verstappen's behind because he's looking in the mirrors. Yeah, if it's Hamilton, it's an entirely different equation, though. If it's Bottas, the driver who's got four races, five races left to have any opportunity at ever winning an F1 race again, and he's on pole position, do you think he's then just going to be going, right, I've got to cover off everyone? I, so, think, I think there's more chance of him doing that than playing the team game in this situation. So, so do you think it's just Bot- Bottas has gone rogue then? And he's like, just I'm not going But like, I mean, I, if, if if he's covering off, I'm like, if, I don't, I don't think there was any other point there where Bottas didn't try to defend from Hamilton. I think he was trying to hold onto the lead for himself. In I, that think situation, that, I, I think that's going rogue. I think. Yeah, he, then, he, I think know, then I think he went rogue in your definition. I, yeah, I, I 
like you say, Nigel, I just don't see why he didn't cover the outside because that, you know, like you say, that's the racing line. Hamilton's kind of stuck all the way on the inside unless Verstappen comes all the way across to the inside. So, Which yeah, he it just seems, been able to do. Yeah, it, yeah, it just seems really, really bizarre and kind of yet again, Mercedes have kind of messed up an opportunity that they had. I mean, personally, I don't. Even though it was hard to overtake, you know, you look at the way. Verstappen was able to to pull away and just had that pace advantage and Perez was able to get in close behind Hamilton at the end of the race. I don't think... They would have you know, undercut I, I still, with Verstappen easily. I, I still think they would have won, but, you know, they would have yeah. made a better fist of it than than they did. And, you know, it's like, to your point, Freddie, if it's racist instinct, like, that's got to be deliberate because they'll have talked about... I mean, I think so anyway. I think they'll have talked about it so much in pre-race like Nigel said that this is what's going to happen you know uh, they must have said don't race each other don't cover off each other just look behind you and whoever comes out of the first corner in the lead comes out of the first corner in the lead between the two mercedes and mm. you know don't you know they'll it will have been hammered into them what the plan was and you know either it was the plan for bottas to come across to the middle of the racetrack which would make no sense or you know, he, he deviated from that. So, yeah, that's kind of my view on it. Although, having said that, you know, I do think Red Bull would have won anyway. Yeah, I, I think Rebel would have won anyway. I don't, I think, really, I think, yeah, I think at the line, it's racist instinct and Bottas is a racing driver. is like, oh, I've got to defend the lead. But then I think, you know, the distance to the straight to the end of turn one, you know, he's 15 seconds to think about things. And that's why he broke early because he was then like, oh, I've got to give way to Hamilton to fight this happen at that point after having obviously been a bit um, contra-tomp with Verstappen. But at the end of the day, I think at the start of that, Bottas is just like, I want to get the best start I can. Oh, I've not got the best start I can. Oh, I need to defend from a car. And that's it. And that's racing, racing, really. That's how I look at it. I think, I don't think that he's thinking, oh, I've got to do this straight away at the start of a, a race. Because if he is thinking about every single possibility around him right at the launch and right at the fact that the track opens up in a really annoying way that he's got to cut over to the left, which is how Verstappen got alongside, I think if he's that becomes overthinking, really overkill for the start of a race. I think anyway. Um, I think it's, like, yeah, I understand I think it's, what you're saying about the fact that it's like, oh, you've got to defend from Verstappen. But um, either way, either way, you can't control how other people launch and things like that. If you're Mercedes with a Red Bull, you can't control the way the Red Bull races. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't an even launch. They also has got I a worse launch. I think they got a relatively similar launch and it was the difference behind the start was Verstappen tucking into the slipstream of Bottas, being able to get that jump. You know, you look at compared to Hamilton, but he wasn't Hamilton in the had a faster reaction. Long. Yeah, Hamilton had a faster reaction and a faster time at 200 kilometers an hour. Like it wasn't, yeah. their, it wasn't their launches that was the difference. The difference was Verstappen was able to tuck into the slipstream and then go onto the racing line. So, you know, and I think if, if that's the case, that you know, that's a really damning indictment on Bottas, I think. If he's, like, no, he's not eight. Like, he's able to know but, which cars but if are you're Bottas, If you're Bottas, what do you do? Do you, do you go to the left and cover the, where the racing line is and let Verstappen go to the inside? Or do you, do yeah. you weave on the... Well, why do you do that? Because you're giving Verstappen the inside line. Because you don't want to give Verstappen the inside line. Because well, well, Hamilton's no, still this on the inside. This, but then you've got to coordinate weaving with two Mercedes cars, and that's impossible to do. You just have to no, go slightly left. Right. That's all you have to do. Just slightly uh, left. Yeah. 
That's fine. I think, I think, I think, I think, in Gosset's defence, I'm going to defend him. I think, yeah, I think you're right, you should have covered He has up, no defence. He's <laughs> not defended against Verstappen in Russia. He's not defended against Verstappen here. He doesn't defend. Meet him. <laughs> if, if he um, can move him across, if he moves across and he puts Verstappen on the grass at high speed, that's, I think that's more no. on Bottas's mind than not. I mean, before that, so when yeah. like that, when it's before, just move slightly left and there's no gap. Sorry, I yeah, think you should have done that, side. but then later on, there's nothing else to do, is there? And like when... Who's, what? Who, what? Oh. I, was, I, was, I, I was waiting for you to carry on, but we can... I think our internet, mine and Freddy's internet went for like half a second. Carry on, Freddy. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so like, it's just, I'm trying to run through it in my head now, but like, um, I'm looking at it, the way I was looking at it is like, Bottas is the way he's defending from Verstappen is by putting Verstappen the long way around. Yes, he should have broken much later. But early on, I think putting a car to the outside, that's ordinary defensive tactics for racing. Not at the start when you yeah. when your teammates side. But it's not it's 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 not normal to try and hang it around the outside as choice to push the car to the inside, is it? It's not at all normal to do that. Yes, we're well, in the heat of a championship see- Yes, we need have... championship fights and so on, but it becomes too too difficult to walk a straight all that kind of stuff at the start of a race at that right at the start. Like, oh, we're going to surely they would have talked really? about a scenario. Yeah, they would have talked what, about what it. What but the scenario they planned, Hamilton said this. The scenario they planned was for him to get into the slipstream at Bottas. <laughs> was for Hamilton to Bottas to get into the slipstream of him and then be able to him cover off, and that obviously didn't happen. So then they were a bit obviously they I'm would sure have planned. They talk about multiple scenarios. I'm sure they I'm do, sure but obviously is... that's not what's happened in this situation. Um, I don't know. It just seems. I just think I just like... think it's races. Normal racing instinct is to cover off the inside in any situation, and <laughs> I mean we it, it plays against in lots of situations. We all talk about Suzuka 2005 when Fisichella defended fresh air, and he did. Mm. But that and that, and obviously it's a similar situation with Bottas, but it's instinct to cover the inside. Same with Portimao every time. What the problem is, Bottas, you only have to go back a few races, Russia, when he had Verstappen behind him, he didn't cover the inside at all. Mm. He just doesn't put up this fight. If you compare to Perez with Red Bull, think about uh, Turkey against Hamilton. Absolutely go for it. I'm not going to let you pass. That's what exactly what you need to do. Look at against Hamilton. Sonoda <laughs> put more... in qualifying on Saturday. Sonoda uh, put a more that... fight against Hamilton if he races back than Bottas has against Verstappen. Like, yeah. very natural. That, you have to... In, in, a, in a war like, like this championship's been, you need drivers who are going to be aggressive and willing, you know, who's got the racing brain to defend hard. To be fair, that is why they've sacked him. Yeah, and that's absolutely <laughs> right. Because if it was Russell, I don't think he would have done that. But it's just a, it might not be that costly of an error because the result might have been the same, but you've got to at least give a proper constructors. Yeah, it is very costly for that. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just one of those mistakes. Yeah. So just to round out this little Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen discussion, do you, you think second place was a good result for Hamilton in context of the race weekend and the context of the championship? 100%, yeah. Uh, I think they probably would have taken that before the weekend, in fact, uh, well, it's just because of what happened in qualifying, you know. Uh, but yeah, 
I think he has to be happy with that. Just like how Verstappen got second in uh, Turkey and Russia. Well, maybe not Russia for that. That was a bit lucky, but probably a bit more like Turkey then, just like that. I entirely agree, especially considering um, how legitimate Sergio Perez's challenge has been since really Sochi um, as well. He's And the fact that he was definitely, he was in the thick of the fight for pole position in Kota. You can only assume that that's going to carry on here and that he's the pace and the Red Bull is going to be excellent. And I think all through up until that, obviously we've spoken about the weirdness of qualifying. But other than that, it was expected to be a Red Bull 1-2 and everything. And um, I think, yeah, really, the fact that it was a 1-3 is, isn't as great as the um, stadium appears to think, if that makes sense. They were just happy. They were happy. Oh, it was happy. And yeah. I was happy. I was so happy to see Checo there. But second place is a steal for Mercedes. Mm. I think I agree mostly. I just kind of in the back of my mind, it's like they, and this probably wasn't the race to do it, but they're 19 points behind now. They need to start taking rack points at some point, And those opportunities are running out. This probably wouldn't have been a great opportunity anyway. But got four races left. You know, they need. Basically, they need to beat Verstappen in all of them. If they finish one two, then they need to beat Verstappen in all of them. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I think what I'll yeah, what like, I'll say to that is the fact that there was an opportunity this weekend in Mexico for the pace to swing yes. to Mercedes anyway means that in Brazil, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi, three races that are basically at sea level, and then Sao Paulo that's half the height, not even a third of the altitude of yeah. um, Mexico then that means that there's definitely opportunities for Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, they've had opportunities for the last 10 races. Not uh, 10 yeah. races. I, I was about to say that, and we will see how that goes. But that is all for now looking ahead to desperately the remainder try, of try not the season. <laughs> so you can say something on Sergio Perez instead, because <laughs> how did... Yeah, how do you evaluate his race weekend? It turned out nice at the end with him getting a nice celebration in the stadium section with all of the Mexican fans. And he got tequila afterwards, apparently. <laughs> nice. really apparently I think it was a foregone conclusion there would be tequila. Um, uh, oh, I'm happy for him. Oh. I was going to say, performance-wise, it probably wasn't as good as people making out. It was just okay. He did the job. Uh, even in yeah. qualifying, that... Uh, getting distracted by Sonoda and stuff, but he still ended up fourth. And then, to be third, kind of what you you would expect with Bottas not being there, and with Ferrari and Mercedes, Red Bull and Mercedes being so far ahead of the rest of the, rest of the field. So, I think it's did the job. I guess you soaked up the pressure quite well, because it's quite easy to do something mm-hmm. silly in your home race, so I guess you have to give him credit for that. Well, he definitely wasn't as best weekend but it was still enough to uh you know help Red Bull in the drivers and constructors championship yeah Checo was gunning it and Verstappen was cruising and I think that mm. that speaks a bit of volumes annoyingly because yeah it's yeah and yeah I was on the Checo hype train for that race I think that was he was the driver I was I was supporting for the Mexican Grand Prix hands down I really wanted him to get on the podium and then I really wanted him to get second place because I thought oh, I'll be amazing if he Pull off an overtake and that kind of stuff in the situation, and, and he got close to it, which is actually a lot better, lot better than the majority of the field. Um, with all this um, 
lack of slipstream and lack of DR, lack of DRS possibility in the thin, thin, thin air in Mexico. It's one of the it's a really hard track to overtake on, even with a one point one kilometer straight. I want to say, um, so yeah, he did well to get that close to overtaking. I think on Hamilton um, and Rebel did the right thing with extending the strategy and making him attack later on because um, he couldn't get close enough to do an undercut really um, because he was always had to be two seconds or so behind Hamilton, um, which is a shame. But I think, yeah, good pace, good race. Just, yeah, doing the job that he needs to do. Again, like like um, Turkey, like Kota. So he's coming good for constructors, I guess, I'd say. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he's for. Yeah, and there's one, th- one thing he said on the radio. He said on the radio, oh, I'm so glad Tequila. he won at my home race. And yeah. he's so, I, I think that speaks volumes about the team, the team player that he, he he's, he's not coming like um, it reminded me of sort of the Schumacher years where you got Barrichello. Uh, he's like, oh, but I want to win the race. And it's a bit like and, be, um, and that kind of thing. It's like, no, you've got to be a number two. And he understands that he's got to be a number two. And I think that's very good from Checo. I was impressed. Christian Horner said that Red Bull, this might be the best team spirit they've ever had as well. So I think that kind of underlines what you just said there, Freddie. I don't think that's particularly high bar, but yes. <laughs> well, I think if you think about, they've had some good partnerships in the past. Yeah, they've Ricardo, had Ricardo and Kvyat got on really well. Yeah, Ricardo and Verstappen, they uh-huh. each other. Uh, Weber and Coulthard. Vettel, Vettel at the end of his Red Bull spell, that was really great. Uh, Vettel, and, uh, Vettel and Weber, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's particularly high bar, but like you say, interestingly, fantastic. Interestingly, when they changed the wings in this weekend and apparently mm. gave Perez the broken wing, he didn't say not bad for a number two driver because he didn't beat Verstappen. No. He had the perfect if opportunity for it. It would have been great. Yeah. Sorry, If he said it in Spanish, then that'd be even better. Um, yeah, like... I don't want to know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Numero dos yeah, driver. I, I think it was a... malo <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I forgot. I forgot the number two driver that you just said. That's even worse. Anyway, yeah, I think I think it was a par weekend for Perez. I think he, you know, there wasn't really much, especially after Bottas got yeeted in turn one. There wasn't really any kind of pressure from behind. He was able to put pressure on Hamilton, but I don't think that really kind of had much impact on the race result. So yeah, I think par. It was, you know, nice for him to get the home podium and to kind of have all of that feel goodness you know and maybe a bit fortunate especially in qualifying I think Red Bull in general were fortunate that there weren't more teams kind of closer behind that this was one of the races where the the pack has been more spread out but you know having said that I don't think that's something you can really hold against them and yeah he, he did the job he needed to and that's all that matters got any more to add either of you I adore, I adore him being on the podium. I adore the absolute love of Mexico for it. It was just infectious. I, I was so tired um, in the evening yesterday watching it, but I was, I was so happy just seeing this, the sheer joy in that stadium. And they did a kind of drone shot going over it, not a drone shot, one of the wire cable shots, but going over the people running towards the podium. And it was just like, wow, look at this. It's so amazing to see so many happy people just in a, at an event. One, one of the three races that's on at a normal time here. Um, but 
Yeah, I think moving on to another number two driver who we touched on a bit, Bottas got hit in turn one by Daniel Ricciardo, and that was it. That Ricciardo didn't get a penalty, as Freddie pointed out. So should he? Why? Yes, wow. he should have. Like I, th- I thought it was a racing incident. I thought it was a racing incident. I, I think he. I mean, it wasn't. It, it's kind of one of those that is not deliberate, but it's still kind of a mistake, and that's had you know put one of the other drivers to the back. Did you think Gasly on Alonso in Turkey was a race incident or a penalty? Yes or no? I don't remember having an opinion. Ah, oh, da, 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 yeah. You can go, go back to the Turkish <laughs> no, no, that's podcast. Because that's an obvious I, racing incident, and I think that's a, a position for them to backtrack upon and go, oh, yes, that should have been a racing incident, and then make this a racing incident. It's a correct motivational move. Well, that did, made sense in my mind. They gave that a five-second penalty, didn't they? So really, they should have given this a five-second penalty. But They should have done. <laughs> they should play by the same rules. But um, Yeah, that's the what happens. I thought it was a racing incident anyway, because I think... I thought it was, because... Ricardo in that position, when, when he's braking, what he literally could not do... In fact, I think he, he kind, of, kind of, like, last second saw, saw that Bottas was going to come across, because I thought he was probably thinking Bottas wouldn't do that and try and cut back, you know, to set himself up for turn two and three. So, you know, I, I don't see how Ricardo can be punished for that, really. Yeah, I blame uh, Bottas for it instantly because I said, why the hell did you go for a switchback at turn one on lap one? You just don't do that. And I just thought, well, yeah, Ricardo's just sent it on the brakes as you, as you do in fourth place on lap one. And Bottas has just braked way too early. That was the simple thing for it. I did think Gasly and Alonso was a racing incident, I think. No, no, not a racing incident. I thought it was a penalty, I think. Really? I should have watched it again. Really? I think, yeah, I can't remember though. I feel I like I did, you didn't say that long after the race. Actually, I think that's the most obvious racing incident in racing incident history. I, can't, I mean, maybe I didn't. Apart from really Silverstone, right. obviously. Oh, that's not. Oh. Yeah, that was honest, I've said racing incident baited. all my life. <laughs> that's really a theme in this. I've always said oh, racing, yeah, racing incident, racing incident, racing incident. Racing incident. Center and Pross, racing incident. What, what time? I mean, <laughs> over I mean both, both of them work with the age joke, so it doesn't really matter. Um, they, they both deliberately took the other one out, so it equals out as a racing incident. Uh, 89, I don't know. <laughs> 89, Pross just turned in early, way too early for the corner anyway. Pross's fault. We can talk about it another day. Yes. Ah, let's talk about it now. Pross's fault. No, no. Take over, Adam. <laughs> That's okay, but that did what that did mean was Ricardo lost his front wing and went to the back of the route and ended up holding Bottas for the rest of the race, which is penalty enough, you could say. Yeah, you could, but it's also penalty on Bottas. Yeah, I think it's hilarious though that you just had to be sat behind <laughs> Ricardo. <laughs> the, per- the person that ends his race and he then. Like not satisfied with that, he then yeah. keeps him behind him. He's like, yeah, it's um, a great meme. I don't. Why couldn't he get past him though? I know it's like, like he's in a car that's one second quicker, and he couldn't get past. I know it says a lot about the cars, doesn't it? Thank God we've got a new regulation com- coming in next year. No, I think it says a lot about Bottas. It says a lot about the track, the cars, and the drivers. I it's all of them all encompassing. He was just rusher again, wasn't it? We just couldn't come through. Couldn't well, he wasn't rushing. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> but he just... I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. 
if he if it's going to be like this next year, he's going to be re- he's going to really struggle in the midfield when you do have to follow cars and you do have to overtake more. He's going to have a massive problem, I think. Yeah. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. We certainly will, but not. We will. That we'll also, see. That also meant that uh, Ferrari jumped McLaren in the constructor championships. They're now 13 points ahead. I guess it was a sneaky good weekend for Ferrari, partly because McLaren did badly. Norris finished 10th, Ricardo was out the points, and Ferrari got fifth and sixth. So out of the th- trio of Gasly, Leclerc, and Sainz behind, is there anyone or anything you want to talk about from that the fourth to sixth position? I think Gasly was outstanding once again. It's kind of like what Norris was doing earlier in, in the year, making it be normal to be best of the rest. He was absolutely phenomenal. Didn't put a foot wrong all weekend. Controlled his tyres absolutely beautifully. So I think Gasly along with... In fact, you can argue Gasly was the best driver all weekend because Verstappen didn't have the best call for him, did he? So mm. you can make a, make a point for that. And then with Ferrari... Again, I think they didn't have the pace to catch Gasly, but they took took the points, took the result they needed. They knew that they'd been strong, that they would be strong at this track, not as strong as what me and Freddie thought. <laughs> we thought they would win or take Paul, not that strong, but they were still stronger than than uh, uh, Norris and, and Ricardo. So I think it's a good weekend for Ferrari, very good weekend for Gasly. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that Ferrari wasn't ahead of Gasly makes it only an okay weekend for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they're fanning around with team orders late on in the race. I mean, what's the point? Come on, guys. He's 10 seconds up the road, for goodness sake. Um, and Leclerc seemed to have a really scrappy weekend. He had really good pace in Q1 and Q2. He got to Q3 and just mucked it up somehow. Um, and then, but I did think science was much cleaner and then was put in a weird strategy by Ferrari that put him behind Leclerc. And if they put him on a normal strategy, then he would have been closer to Gasly than Leclerc ever could have been this weekend, which I think is an interesting point in the Ferrari driver comparison scenarios, etc. But oh well. Um, I was um, obviously impressed with Gasly. Exceptional. Norris from where? 18th to um, 10th? Also Um, all right. Um, Yeah. I don't think he could have done done much more, really. No, I agree. They really did yeah. filter out into pace, really. Yeah, I think apart from Raikkonen. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. I think Vettel, Raikkonen, Norris, the Ferraris guys—they all kind of maximised the result that they yeah. could have got. I don't think they could have done much better. It was one of those strange races where it would happen, but I think people Raikkonen, do do well. Yeah, I mean, I think Raikkonen as well. He had a brilliant weekend. I thought qualified Giovinazzi for what feels like the first time in quite a while. I don't think he's done it much this year. And then in the race, uh, he, had a, he had a great race to, to finish in eight. Mm. There were the same amount of championships shared across seventh, eighth and ninth as there was in the top two. In fact. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. I don't know. I quite like the fact that you've got the rest of the world championships on the grid all clumped together in good point scoring positions for... That won't be that won't be the case in about five weeks. <laughs> Is there not a race? Or... No, because someone's gonna have eight <laughs> or one. Oh right, okay. Um I mean, oh no, it's it is five weeks away. Okay, doesn't matter. Fast uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nigel said he's on the calendar. He knows he's it. all he's all on the young driver tests. 
It was a nice F3 one the other day. Um, but yes, I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's quite a weird race because it was like the battle for the front was going on, but it wasn't really going on. It was like, I don't know, it was it just happens. a bit of a, it feels, yeah, it just feels like a bit of a nothing race. There wasn't kind of mad, like you say, Gasly and was, you know, a, a step ahead of the Ferraris who seemed to be kind of, uh, Freddie. I, I think there was, there was um, a talking point on how terrible the Williams ended up. Um, mm. I think this is Williams' worst race of the year. I think the altitude, I think they, were, they in, in particular got affected by the altitude because the aerial package isn't very good. The Mercedes engine <laughs> obviously gets held back a bit. Okay, I think, that's good. I think that's Point. why, personally. Although yeah, I could just be making it up. But I was surprised <laughs> that Russell think. dropped back so far through the field mm. so often. Just didn't um, have the grip at all, did he? To, he finished behind Bottas, and Bottas yeah. pitted four times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there's a bit of kind of not good news coming out with Williams as well, as they're missing some tyre tests and some and a season test, which kind of both, I don't know. It just yeah, but it's, like... it's the Abu Dhabi tyre test. It's a bit naff anyway. I mean, it's not really much. It's not it's ideal. A new, it's for... a new tyres, though. Which... If there's a test you're going to miss, it's that one. Well, they had new tyres this year, didn't they? So... Yeah. But They'll be know, on the tyres think... anyway. I, I just... I, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not much, but I just think it's not ideal. It, it's one less thing they should be worrying about, basically. But there's, I think there's a noise coming through. Like, there's an asteroid not... hit S10. Nigel, check. can you hear knocking? <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was my door. I thought it was you. I'm not knocking. I'm you're on my screen. <laughs> you can <laughs> see him. <laughs> it's definitely that? not Adam. One sec. Maybe one. it shush, is. Shush. This is great for the podcast, but shush, I'm going to listen. Oh, I can't hear anything. Wait, wait, wait. Do you hear that? Um, I, can't, I can't hear you knocking. I can see your camera shaking. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just anyway, I need, I need to boost my microphone. It's done with them. Okay. Um, yeah, are there any more drivers <laughs> you want to talk about? I want to talk about Antonio Giovinazzi. You go um, ahead. As per for me, I always want to talk about Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, he got the same hair. I'm the closest to a fan he's got. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny because it's true. <laughs> That's sad, but I, I was a big fan of his actually back in the day. I remember supporting him in F2 and all of that jazz. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, he was doing really well in sixth or seventh, I want to say. And then he was pitted early and no one else was. And then everyone else was on a better strategy, including his teammate, who were then ahead of him. And he was stuck behind. Um, he was stuck behind Bottas and Ricardo and wasn't was able to get close to them, but wasn't able to pass them because... They're Bottas and Ricardo in a Mercedes and a McLaren, and he's in an Alfa Romeo and he's Giovinazzi. And so he had all of that against him, but he was in sixth place and he could well have easily had that an eight, that seventh place ahead of Vettel if he'd been on a conventional strategy, I think. Um, but he wasn't on a conventional strategy. And apparently, when he came in um, on his cool down lap, he said, Thanks for the great strategy, guys. Hmm. And so that's that's a sad story about a man who's going to be announced as not being an F1 in probably a week. From what I've seen, Alpha this year, their <laughs> strategy, they've made a lot of mistakes because Raikkonen could have been in the points for quite a few races, but they've pitted him at the mm -hmm. wrong time, whether it's like when the leaders are coming past or putting out in traffic or 
Same with Geo. Too long. Same with Giovinazzi as well. So it's his third eleventh like, place in three races. This is like they do have a bit of a problem on the strategy wall, but yeah, it's just just from what I've seen anyway. Oh, yeah. Feels like there's pace in that car that is occasionally being unlocked. And through practice this weekend, Alfa Romeo would do very, very good, I thought. And mm. I think they should have got a double points finish this weekend, and it would have made the yeah. fight for eighth relatively interesting. But yeah, anyway. Yes. Anyway, um, I'd, I'd just like to give a shout out to Ocon because the fact that he survived his first corner, where two cars ran over both front tyres. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it was just. Scary. It's like it, considering you know, that exact thing happened to him in Austria, and he had to retire immediately, and then yeah. that happened twice there, and he just carries on. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was Schumacher and Sonoda came over. Sonoda was going, "Oh, someone hit me in the back," and it's like, "No, you just ran over an Ocon wheel." But anyway, yeah, um, that's the only other point I want to make from the race. Cool. I like the Formula E layout more. <laughs> okay. I, I don't have an opinion. I mean, in general, I don't know. I think without Perez, there wouldn't be much good about the Mexican Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah think, I think the fans would pick a driver, to be honest. I think they would, they would be... I think seeing that as a, a non-partisan crowd would be very interesting. I think they would still be the draw. But, you know, we hear about it all the time. Apparently, every billboard has a picture of Checo on it, and they oh. just get bigger every year. So... <laughs> It's like those, uh, those social just... media things where it gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> like the cars as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The trophy. Um, yeah, so do you want to talk a bit about the Brazilian Grand Prix, which is coming up next week? I do this want to week. talk about the Brazilian Grand Prix, which is coming up this week. Next, next Sunday. In about a few, in a few days. <laughs> spring yeah. qualifying. Oh, God. oh gosh, yeah, it's a sprint event, I forgot. Oh, no. Friday evening qualifying. <laughs> Or oh. Friday, I don't know, whatever time well, Adam lives you in. know what? If <laughs> qualifying those extra three points, because it's you know, I know every, every event is the same, but it does feel like it could be quite important. Like if Hamilton can somehow uh, win that sprint qualifying, or sorry, if he can be the pole sitter or, or whatever term you meant to call it, then those three points could be quite important, and then it will start. On pole for the actual race as well. So, you know, Saturday will be quite an important day in this this five week period. I think. Yeah, I mean, I it's like half, Brazil's a track. I, I was just going to say it's half the points you get for a win, or like half half the advantage you get for for a win if the the driver oh. finishes second. So, yeah, sorry, Freddie. That's oh, all right. I was just going to say I feel like Brazil's a better track for um, opening stint kind of racing, if you will, than Monza and Silverstone ever could have been anyway in terms of sort of a slipstream into the centre S's, I think that this could be the best track potential for a sprint. Obviously, it's a flawed format. And that's been with kind of just like, because of the way these tyres are. If you had proper sprint tyres, that'd be a bit better. But um, And obviously, we're waiting to judge sprint properly next year with racing cars, not just fast cars. Um, but um, yeah, I think this could be a decent sprint, to be honest. But I've I've got a question. Is this a must win for Hamilton this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because no. if he doesn't if he doesn't win here, well Verstappen can finish second at all of them. Yeah, if um, if he doesn't win here, assuming Verstappen does win. I mean obviously I'd I'll take a must win as must 
finish ahead of Verstappen. Um, yeah. But, like, yes, he has to, because, like Freddie says, if he doesn't, then Verstappen can finish second every race and still win. Which is what he's done all year. Well, well, apart from Hungary, when he had half a car, when he finished mm. half, every race he's finished, he's been in the top two, which is absolutely ridiculous. Part Br- of Britain, race. he didn't. Sorry. Um, yeah, like... Didn't, didn't you know, finish. <laughs> even, even with the Hamilton win, you know, he still... He still really needs to win, you know, most of well, the really needs to win all of them. Like, yeah, if he, he needs to win, you know, because even if Verstappen wins one out of the remaining four, then if they finish one to every race, then Verstappen will still win. So, I th- yeah, I think it's pretty very important, really, that, that he does because, you know, it's if that doesn't happen, then it's an error. I mean, I don't know that, that it seems quite unlikely that he wins four. On the bounce, anyway, considering they've not, they've only managed to get back to back wins once this year, and that was all the way back in April or May, whenever the the uh, Iberian races were. So, you know, it's kind of, I just feel like, you know, Mercedes have beaten, but they've not beaten Verstappen, you know, with him finishing, with him having a clean race, you know, since since Spanish Grand Prix. It's it's mad. So. Oh, no, sorry, Hamilton hasn't, is oh, what yeah. I forgot. But, yeah, like, you know, he's not he's not been able to do that for a long time while getting the race win, so we will see. I think it's an interesting point that the previous two Brazilian Grand Prix have been slogs between Hamilton and Verstappen. Do we think mm. that swings it in anyone's favour, such as Verstappen? I mean, I think... not been traditionally a good track for Hamilton, you know. Yeah, one of over... his worst. One of Didn't his win worst. there until 2016. Mm. no. So oh, that was when he had to win to keep the championship alive. Yeah, good point. Yes. So, so maybe that means that um, nothing it means nothing. Don't get ahead of I yourself, think, guys. I think in the final sector in Mexico is obviously very tight and twisty. In that middle sector in Brazil, those hairpins, I really do feel Red Bull could absolutely smash it out of the park in that sector, even if. Mercedes bring it back a bit on the uphill on the straights, but I don't see how Red Bull are not favourites. And I know there's been interestingly when um like Pierre Gasly was able to hold his own on the straights Mm. with a Honda engine back in the day. Then again, obviously they've all changed everything since then. But (laughs) but anyway. You know, I, I still think there's gonna be some kind of incident or a moment this year, which way it happens, I don't know. But it, I, I think Verstappen's got one finger on the title now. I, I'm I'm happy to to say that. And it, and I think, uh, like it's, I think Hamilton's radio was it after qualifying? Yeah, after the race when he just sounded pretty dejected, and that it's quite mm. rare that, that you hear that. It, it sounded quite genuine as well. So it's going to be wow. tricky. And and I think. Everything points going for, for for Red Bull right now. They've got momentum. Perez is up there. Brazil should favour them with the twisty middle sector. The engine team is good. They've not had any concerns. Uh, like Mercedes, with them. you know, Hamilton might take a grid penalty this weekend. For example, he could. So, and that I don't would, think he will. Like, not when you're 19 years old. Yeah, but it, if it does happen, it, that could kill the championship. So. Everything is going for Red Bull right now. 
Yeah, I think just these last two races seem to have really, you know, Verstappen's Open got 13 points from the last two races on Hamilton. And I think that's just kind of, yeah, been, I don't know, it, it, it just the, the title has never felt further away from Mercedes as it does kind of going into this weekend over the whole turbo, turbo hybrid era, to be honest. So, yeah, I think, I think every race from now is really a must win or must beat Verstappen for Hamilton. And yeah, it's, it's not the track, you know, it's not the track that they'd want that to be the case on, but, you know, that's how things have shook out. And yeah, we'll just have to, we'll have to see. But in general, I'm really looking forward to this Grand Prix because oh, yeah. Brazil is a fantastic track. It's a really, really good track. It's one, I mean, if it was up to me, it'd be the season ender every yeah. year. But, you know, even, even without that, it's just special. It's just a proper racing track. The pit straight with, the kind of slight banking and the fans kind of up of, yeah. up the hill, you know, it's a real amphitheatre. The Ceneres is coming down the hill is just phenomenal. And then the drag, you know, drag back up mentions Hamilton and Gasly from 2019. Oh, there's, there's so much love about Brazil. I'm really happy we're going back there because it's a fantastic track and a fantastic um, fan base for F1. Yeah, for the first ever Grand Prix of Sao Paulo. Actually, yeah. your point about um, what Mexico would be like without like Checo and that kind of thing. We haven't had a Brazilian driver for a long time, but there's still yeah. such urge in Brazil for Formula One. Obviously, there's a different ilk of Formula One driver from Brazil than from Mexico, such as Senna. But um, yeah, there's still a lot going on there. So, who knows? Uh, yeah, I think track yeah, helps though. <laughs> I think they're quite different comparisons, but yes, the Brazilian fans are very good. I don't know who they'll be supporting this weekend. Has the extra for Tapaldi's team, obviously. Well, there we go. Um, do you want to make some any predictions? Oh, let's just do the normal. Let's do pole and podium. How are we polling it? Are we sprint pole? Are we pole for sprint or are we pole for race or? Um, doesn't change my answer. Pole. All right, Verstappen both. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Too. Yeah, I, I hope I, I, I want. You know, I want Hamilton. Yeah, me too. I want Hamilton to do well. Just close yeah. up, close up a bit. But I think Verstappen. You know, he's, I, he's, I think there's more. I think there's more of a chance of Verstappen like DNFing or you know finishing way down the points than there is of Hamilton finishing first and Verstappen finishing second. To be honest, like a kind of. I don't see kind of if they alternative. Have clean, yeah, I don't, I don't think if yeah. they have a clean, straight fight that's not weather affected or crash affected or anything else, then I don't really see how Hamilton will win. But this championship has thrown up a lot of surprises. So, you yeah. know, what do we know? A lot because no, we've done we know episodes. We know a lot oh, yeah. because we've got 100 episodes worth of Woo-hoo. collected wealth of knowledge between us. So, yes. I think I haven't we, collected any wealth from this podcast. Wealth of knowledge. It's a different oh. thing. You're, you're, so, you're, you're already had quite a lot of wealth anyway. Oh, it's true, yeah. Me, me and Nigel are slumming it, but Freddie's... <laughs> we bring the average down by quite a bit. <laughs> when, I podcast, when I started this podcast uh, a few years ago with you guys, I had an entirely different voice, accent, and everything. But now, you know, I've, I've come down to size, been brought down to street level by you guys. Street level. I'm not a street. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you still live with Nigel. That's all I'm going to say. So, on that it's note... Like we, that, um, it's like that uh, really two Ronnie sketch with John Cleese. 
where it's all about like class, how people look up to people, how people look down class. on people. Exactly. It's not got an R in it. I just want to say thank you to anyone who's ever listened or watched any. Oh, yes. thanks, Maddie. Oh, you know, watched, listen or watch any of to any of these episodes, even even if this is your first one, which I doubt it is, but you know, there's a recent one. Uh, so yeah, massive thank you. We always appreciate it, even if yeah. we don't show it, but we do. Yes, oh, we always show it. We always say thank you. And on that note, we will say thank you for listening to this one. And we hope you tune in next time for our post-Brazilian Grand Prix podcast. And we hope you enjoy the Brazilian Grand Prix. We hope it's very good. And yeah, yeah we'll we do see you. After that, but thank you for listening and goodbye.